Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 336 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a, a critical improvement principle and performance principle. And they kind of go hand in hand. I'm looking forward to talking about this a lot. Quick personal story about a game that I played with my daughter recently in which she beat me and why that happened. Uh, but first, just quickly, please know that we've opened up our 2020 coaching calendar and some things have already filled up. We have single strategy clinics here in Milwaukee, double strategy clinics here in Milwaukee. We have one-on-one -on -one coaching opportunities. We have three-on-one -on -one coaching opportunities with all three essential tennis coaches and a private student. We have all kinds of different things that we're doing in 2020, including a trip to Hawaii that will be coming up and trip to Indian Wells. So if you'd like to spend time with me and the rest of the coaches on the courts, go to EssentialTennis.com, click on Coaching in the main menu, and check out what we have available. So recently I came home after work, had dinner, and then my daughter challenged me to a game of Connect Four which is definitely was kind of a childhood flashback for me. If you're not familiar with Connect Four, basically there's a, a vertical plane surface or board that you drop checkers into the top. And there's maybe a dozen uh, kind of slots that you can drop checkers into. There's two different colors, two, two players. And so you take turns dropping a checker into the top to try to form a row of four checkers that are your color, and that's that's how you win the game. So you can try to go vertical, you can try to go horizontal, you can try to go diagonal. And so I didn't know that my, my kids had just recently gotten this game, so I was looking forward to <laughs> to playing it again. Probably hadn't played it in, in 25 years or something like that. And so we sat down and started playing and just kind of enjoyed you know, the nostalgia of playing it again. My my daughter is nine years old. And I, I kind of, for the first minute or two, just kind of casually like blocked the, the checkers that she was dropping to try to set up a chain. And then I, I started kind of formulating a plan over on one end of the plane surface. And it's about, a, I don't know, 12 inch or 14 inches wide, a little plastic stand that holds the the playing surface vertical so you can drop your checkers down into the, the slots. And over on the right side, I started setting up a little string to try to trap her. And I was reaching for my fourth checker to drop it in and complete my four in a row to connect four and win the game. And all of a sudden, my daughter called out, I win. And I looked down, and sure enough, she'd put together a string of four but right before my kind of last turn that I would have completed mine. And so completely caught me off guard. I, I had zero awareness that she was even close to putting together four. And this is critical. This is kind of where the lesson comes into play, and we're going to apply it in several different ways. But the learning principle here and the, the competitive principle is you can only focus consciously on one thing at a time. We cannot truly multitask. You cannot learn two new skills at the same time. 
you cannot consciously focus and take in information from two different sources at the same time. And so when I got enamored with my own, you know, fancy plan to try to win over on one end of this little 12 inch plane surface, my attention was drawn away from the rest of what was going on right in front of me. And it seems kind of silly, but the truth is, all kinds of things are happening all around you and me every time we step out onto a tennis court that we have no awareness of. Just like how my attention was drawn to one part of the Connect 4 board, and over on the other side, just a couple inches away, something totally different, and by the way, critical was happening that I was completely unaware of because of what I was distracted by my thoughts, my feelings of my my childhood and enjoying sitting down with my daughter and doing something together before bedtime. Whatever it was, I was preoccupied and just a few checkered pieces away, she was able to string together a win and, and beat me in our first ever Connect Four game together. The like the most, you know, simple game possible. So when we step out there onto the court, there's all kinds of stuff happening under our nose that we usually go without noticing. There's all kinds of different examples. A couple that I wrote down that are, I think, very common examples of things that do happen without us ever being aware of it are things like a weak preparation in our opponent's backhand. And and that's basically to say technical elements their their unit turn their their preparation is is not very strong and so that limits them to what types of shots what strengths of shots what directions of shots are possible for them all kinds of technical cues and tips are happening on the other side of the of the court constantly or how about the string of points that you've won after serving out wide on the deuce side for example there's all kinds of tactical patterns that are happening constantly during singles and doubles matches that tennis players are completely blind to. They don't see it's happening. They're not aware that it's happening. And yet there's all kinds of patterns happening right there in their own match that they're playing right then and there. How about the hitch in your service motion that's always been there? I was uh, recently speaking at a, a conference, a tennis instruction conference, and I was talking about the use of video analysis and and how tennis players have all kinds of flaws in their technique, but they're afraid to know what they are. And so they, they don't want to see themselves hit their serve. But guess what? Those flaws are still there. Whether or not you watch them is irrelevant. They're still going to be there and they will continue to be there until you find out what they are and take some kind of action to focus on it and then make some kind of positive change. And then finally, How about the shift in momentum in a match after some kind of element changes? Let's say the the wind shifts and now there's a a big momentum swing and you were focusing on something completely different. Could have been any number of things. And so the reality is thousands, hundreds and thousands of possible elements are taking your time, your focus and your attention. And every time you step out onto the court, you have a decision to make. You have a choice to focus on one thing and ignore other things because you can't ever be aware of everything. None of us has some kind of 
omniscient God mode where you can instantly know and see everything that's happening around you with your own game, your own body, your own tactics, your own patterns, and your opponent's game, their tactics, their patterns, their technique, their mindset, their emotional state. There's ups and downs happening with all of those things on both sides of the net constantly. So the question that you should be asking yourself isn't, how can I know everything or how can I focus on everything? Because neither of those things is possible. The question you should be asking yourself is, what is most important right now? And in that 30 seconds leading up to the loss in Connect Four to my daughter, I was blinded to everything happening on the board except what my own little plan was. I had my own little strategy that I was trying to implement on one side of the playing board. And over on the other side of the playing board, I was completely blind. I had no awareness at all. And the same thing happens in our matches. And the same thing happens when you're practicing. In matches, there's blind spots. And when you're training and practicing, there's blind spots. So what's the solution? Well, I alluded to it already. I kind of let the cat out of the bag. I was giving that presentation on video analysis, and that is the solution. Watching yourself is the only way to gain self-awareness. And sometimes it's, it's only in hindsight, and that's fine. I promise you, when Federer walks off the court, when Serena Williams walks off the court, they don't know everything that happened in that match. Now, they're much more attuned than most of us, and they're, they're competitive spidey sense is much more sharp than most of us, but they don't have the ability to step outside of themselves in the moment and view what's happening from a third-party perspective. That's why video is so powerful. It's because you can literally detach from yourself and view your execution. You can view your patterns. You can view your shot selections. You can view your movement, your footwork, your, your mechanics, and your technique but it's only possible with video. You can, you can also rely on the secondhand description from other people, but I just telling you from experience, relying on my eyes and trying to explain versus showing students, there's no comparison. No longer does the student have to take my word for it. No longer do they have to trust me. They can see with their own eyes what's happening. And so by using video for me, as a coach, it removes such a big element of friction of me having to convince my student that what I'm saying is accurate or convincing my student that this path or that path is the best way forwards. Because when you can see the comparison between them and somebody else that they look up to, a professional player, and they see the contrast, there's no, there are no other questions. It's like, okay, let's move forwards. And the same thing is true with tactics and strategy. It's one thing to be self-aware from a first-person perspective during a match and think you know what happened and where points were won and lost. But when you watch the replay, again, totally just speaking from personal experience here, myself and with students, it opens up a completely different dimension of understanding and awareness. And I can just tell you from, again, from personal experience, every time I see myself on video, I learn something new. Every time I see myself as a coach and a presenter and as a a content creator, every time I watch myself in any of those roles, I learn more about myself. My perspective is broadened. 
my understanding of myself is deepened, and I come away with the opportunity to do something a little bit better than next time. And same thing is true for me as a player. When I watch myself play points in a drill setting against Kevin or Megan, or I watch myself play singles against Kevin or doubles against the player Quartz crew, when I watch myself back, I learn more and more every single time. And that knowledge empowers you to be able to make conscious, purposeful, intentional moves in the correct direction instead of just guessing. So that's why I lost to my nine-year-old daughter. Hopefully this gives you some perspective, uh, maybe kind of broadens your understanding, and maybe, maybe hopefully secures your resolve to actually go out there and learn more about yourself through the use of video analysis. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care, and good luck with your tennis.